Hi, I'm Alex Hanovich, the pastor of Horizon Community Church, and today I want to share with you the past, the present, and the future of Horizon. Just like in the classic Christmas story, The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, where he's visited by the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future, I think that looking at each aspect of our church, where it's been, where it's at, and where it's going, has important lessons for all of us. So let's get started with Horizon Community Church past. Where did the idea for this church come from? I was born in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, in 1983 to parents who were unchurched. My dad was an atheist. My mom had gone to church as a little girl. Just She was completely unchurched. We ended up moving down to Tennessee when I was just a small boy. Uh, my mom was worried that my sister and I wouldn't make any friends with a weird last name like Hanovich among all the Smiths and the Jacksons in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And she ended up remembering that she made friends at church when she was a little girl going to a Christian Missionary Alliance church. And so she took us down the road to a church and she was going to drop us off, but she was like, these people are so weird. I better go in and check on them and keep an eye on them. And for the first time, she heard this message of Jesus in a way that she could understand that Jesus Christ came into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world from sin, that he wanted to restore people and things and his creation to himself. And he offers free salvation to anyone who will call out to him and say, I want to be your follower. I want to be your disciple, your student and learn to live and love like you did. And then after that, she began praying for my father, who was an atheist and wanted nothing to do with God and was very cynical of religion. She began praying for him. He began coming to church. He heard the message of Jesus and the Holy Spirit moved in his life to where he repented of his sins as well. We began going to church and then we heard about where some friends of ours were involved in a new church getting started in a storefront. And uh, we didn't know any better. We thought that's just what Christians did. And so we went over and helped this church get started in a storefront until they bought property and they were able to build a building. Uh, my dad ended up taking another job in Nashville and moved us up to Nashville. And we started looking around for a church and we heard about this church that was getting started in a school. And so we went and started, helped this church get started in a school until they bought some property and built a building and so this became part of my DNA growing up I just assumed this was part of Christianity I didn't understand how unusual the idea of starting new churches was it was just an everyday part of my growing up uh, we have been involved in both helping get started a Christian Missionary Alliance Church and a Baptist Church and so I ended up going to college I majored in English and Bible I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life got a job afterwards and I remember going away to this uh, retreat for young adults and that's when God strongly impressed upon my heart that he wanted me to go into ministry that he wanted me to preach and I was painfully shy extremely timid and I remember uh, telling some people and they were like are you sure you, you might have heard wrong this just doesn't sound right you're the guy who sits in the back and has trouble talking to a stranger let alone that you know uh, you have trouble sometimes even talking to people you know let alone a stranger and um that you know i was given an opportunity to preach and got up and prepared my first sermon and preached and began to periodically preach and the lord began to soften my heart i was like i'll preach but i don't want a pastor i've seen what pastors go through i don't want any of that mess i don't want any of that garbage and god began to soften my heart to where i wanted a pastor and i also began to at this time think about 
uh, really study what the early church looked like and, and sometimes look at some of the things that I did in church or that other people did in church and wonder, is this the best thing we should be doing? Have we diverted our attention away from the most critical things that church should be doing? As I began to wrestle with this, I also began to think about my family still back up in the Northeast, my family in Pittsburgh, and just our trips up to Pittsburgh every year to visit family and how the church culture looks so differently. We had so many churches in the South where honestly you could throw a rock and hit six churches before you know it bounced very far versus the North where they were relatively few and far between. Um, and many times there were just a few Orthodox churches that continued to shrink and die. And so I began to have this burden to go back to the Northeast and I started thinking about this idea about church planting and I thought, well, I've seen other churches get started. Why can't I just get started, start a church up in Pittsburgh? And so I began praying about that. I went back to seminary and there was a five-year period where I completed my seminary work and I was praying about where to church plant and I would take trips up to Pittsburgh and I would pray over the city and I just didn't feel any direction leading me that way. During that time I met my wife Darby, we began dating and she worked for an organization called the Send Network which is a church planning organization. I didn't even know those existed. I thought people just went out and started churches. And so I began talking with them and starting to get some of their influence and input into my life and into my training. As I completed my seminary work and got married, my wife and I began to pray together. Um, I was devoted to planting in the Northeast. Right now, the majority of new churches that are started are started in the South or out in the West. The Midwest is the second to lowest place where new churches are started. The Northeast has the fewest new church plants in North America. For one, it's very difficult to start here. But I wasn't interested in going somewhere that it was easy. I was interested in going where God told me to go. So we began praying over cities in the Northeast and we both went away and fasted for seven days. At the end of that seven days, Darby and I, we both felt strongly that God was calling us to Philadelphia. She had been there once as a little girl. I had never been to Philadelphia. I'd been to lots of other places in Pennsylvania but never Philadelphia. We ended up taking a trip up, meeting with some people who had started churches, people who worked with the Send Network, and they just showed us around the city and showed us places where uh, they thought that we might be effective or places that need churches. And they showed us a great many places, but they did not show us Bryn Mawr or Ardmore. We ended up taking several more trips up here. And as we were praying through areas and they gave me a list of areas to pray about and to consider planting in, uh, we ended up passing over Lancaster Avenue right by Hope's Cookies. We ended up pulling in and I said, Darbs, you know, I just want to get out and pray here. It was zero degrees. It was a very cold January. And we got out and prayed around. And I said, this is where I think we need to plant a church. And we prayed through that, wrestled through that. I remember going back and forth with the Send Network and they're like, it's gonna be hard there because it's an affluent area. People are gonna be less receptive. It's gonna be difficult to get going, to get momentum. And I said, I wanna go where God calls me to go, even if I'm unsuccessful, rather than going somewhere where he hasn't called me, even if I am successful. And when they saw that I went back down, they said, okay, go for it. And uh, in June of 2015, we moved to Bryn Mawr 
and we didn't know anybody. I spent that first year training with other church planters who had started churches around Philadelphia, watching how they engaged their community, watching how they started services, how they negotiated building space, and just learning everything I could. Uh, and while we were doing that, we were building relationships in the community, getting to know people. And then in June of 2016, we started small groups and we started some core team meetings where we just started sharing some informational meetings about who we were and what we were developing. I want to take a minute here to jump into the story and just share a little bit about the name of the church, Horizon Community Church. Uh, it comes from a verse in Job 26.10. And before I even moved up here, I was wrestling over what do you name the church? How do you define what it is? Do you, do you wait and let it be something geographical? Well, church plants move around. So if it may be geographical today, you may end up having to move over to the community next door and it's not a geographical reference that applies anymore. But I was reading through Job and I found this verse in Job 26.10. It says, God marks out the horizon on the face of the waters as a separation between light and darkness. And I love this imagery of the horizon being a bridge between light and darkness and that God marks it out. And it just really resonated with my soul that God was establishing this church. I'm not doing it. Remember Jesus' promise, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not succeed against it. I don't build the church, you don't build the church, he builds the church. And so that was the first part of the verse I really liked, that he marks out the horizon just like he's marking out Horizon Community Church. But I also like the second part, that it's a bridge between light and darkness. I didn't want to build a church that ministers to people who already know Jesus. I wanted to build a church that reaches people far away from God and brings them close to Jesus so that they can reach other people. I wanted to be a church that was outward focused, focused on reaching those people who may never come into a church usually and reaching those people for the name of Jesus. I wanted to be that bridge between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. That's the vision for Horizon Community Church. And I picked the name community because I didn't want people to think, well, I'm not from that background or not from that theological persuasion. Or, you, you know, if you start getting these denomination terms or some of these big church theological words in your title, people begin to think, I don't belong. I'm not a part. But community includes everybody. Community includes the people you like, the people who are like you, and the people who are radically different than you. Community suggests that we're all coming together, that everyone's welcome to come together and encounter Jesus Christ. So picking back up into our story, June of 2016, we're starting these core team meetings. Uh, we're starting to gather some people into small groups. And then in June of 2017, we have our first Sunday service. And we've been having once a month services since then. So that brings us up to the present. Now, so as we continue looking at the present of Horizon Community Church, I wanna celebrate just some of the things that we've done and how far we've come. A year ago, when we went to the Villanova Special Olympics, it was my wife, Darby, and I. Uh, this year, we had 10 volunteers come out, including Darby and I. That's a huge jump. And sometimes when we look just week to week or month to month, it seems like we're growing so slowly. When you look at it over a year, it's amazing to see how far God has brought us and how big we've become and how far I think he'll continue to take us into the future that we're going to talk about 
in just a few minutes. We've been able to raise $18,000 that people have given to the church this year. Now, the vast majority of that has gone to uh, support the renting of a storage space for all the stuff we have, and then also for our Sunday service rentals. But that's awesome that that much has been given. Uh, we've also given several hundred dollars to local, either other church plants or local ministries who are serving people in the community. We've also been able to give several hundred dollars to foreign missions and things like disaster relief and uh, other church planting ventures throughout North America. And so thank you for your generosity. It's exciting to me to see you get excited about the vision of Horizon Community Church and to see that reflected in the way that you give generously to what we're doing here. So what else is going on in the present? Well, one of the things that I think is so awesome about what we're doing right now is we're setting the tone and the DNA and the dynamic of the church that we're going to be in the future. What we do today is going to define what we look like and who we are tomorrow. The way that we greet people when they come into our once a month services, the way that we treat people as they come into our small groups or come into our homes now, really define who we're going to be as a church. This is a critical time. We're laying foundational um, DNA for our church. If we lay this wrong, then our church becomes a church that uh, is disgruntled or unfriendly or is not passionate about accomplishing the goals that Jesus has for us as a church. What are the goals of Horizon Community Church? We believe that Horizon Community Church exists to celebrate Jesus. That's one of the key things that the early church did was they celebrated Jesus. They talked about Jesus. They celebrated him. They got together every Sunday because it was the day that he rose from the dead to celebrate that he wasn't dead, that he was alive. We gather on Sunday for the same reason, to celebrate him and say, Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. He came back from the dead. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to feel guilty because he's forgiven my sins and he's given me this great message to share with other people. And so first of all, we believe that uh, the church exists to celebrate Jesus. And so right now in the present, what should we be doing? Celebrating Jesus as much as we can, talking about it, lifting up the name of Jesus. And the second thing that we believe Horizon Community Church exists to do is to serve in community and to serve the community. Now, those are two different things linked in one. To serve in community means we get together to serve each other inside our community. But we also serve outside of our community by serving those around us. We believe that the gospel moves at the speed of trust. That means the more that we serve and love people around us, the more likely they are to understand and accept this message of Jesus that we bring, that he came into the world to save us all from our sins, that he loves us, and that he wants us to have a radically different life. If we would just become his follower and live and love like he did, accept the free gift that he offers because he died in our place on the cross. Whenever I think about what we should be doing in the present, I think of Acts 2.42 where it defines for us what the early church did as it was first getting started. It said that they gathered together and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. 
And so I briefly just want to talk about these because I think this is a good challenge for us in the middle, in the present today. Because sometimes there's a tension between the past and the future, where we want to go and where we've been. And so in the present, we're either paralyzed by how far we have to go, or we become complacent because of how far we've come. And we need to remain active and vigilant in the present. So first of all, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What is that? That's what we call the New Testament. That's what we call the Bible, where they were taking the Old Testament and showing how it revealed Jesus, or as they were writing the New Testament. They studied the Bible. They devoted themselves to the Bible. They made the Bible a part of everything that they did. It was the foundation for what they believed, and they studied it constantly. The second thing they did is fellowship. Now, this word has taken on a weird term in our churches many times. A fellowship becomes a potluck dinner, or a fellowship hall is where you go to eat. But fellowship in the New Testament con uh, context always meant partnership for the gospel. It meant working together to achieve the goals of Jesus. So fellowship is people working together to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. What should we be devoted about right now is making disciples, helping new people become students of the way that Jesus lived and loved by engaging people all around us, building trust with them, and then inviting them to journey alongside us as we learn from Jesus. The third thing that they devoted themselves to was the breaking of bread. This is literally, they shared meals together. Did you know it is spiritual it is holy when you get together with other people in the church and you share meals together. The Bible instructs that. The Bible encourages that. That builds up the healthy community of the body. For whatever reason, it becomes something that's spiritually beneficial when you physically eat food together. And so I want to encourage us. We need to continue to do that. We've started to do that after our Sunday services where... After our once a month Sunday services, we have lunch together. I think that's a great thing and something that we're going to continue to do. And as you have different people from the church into your home, invite people that aren't always like you. What you'll find is that many times our tendency is to gravitate to the people who are like us, who are on similar, similar social economic levels or educational levels or similar racial or ethnic backgrounds. Diversify. The beauty in the original church was that Different people from different political positions, different economic positions, different social, cultural, racial positions came together uniting around Jesus Christ. That's when the church gets beautiful, and that's when people outside of the church look in and say something's going on in there because the world outside is heavily divided. People who agree on just a few tiny issues group together and everybody else is at odds. The church is supposed to be a paradigm shift. And that happens when we eat together, when we spend time together, and we get when we get to know people who aren't like us. And finally, the last thing they did was they devoted themselves to prayer. And I think, honestly, one of the, the greatest detriments of the modern church is we devote ourselves to a lot of things, but we rarely devote ourselves to prayer. And as your pastor, I have to admit that I struggle. I have to work very hard to devote myself to prayer. It's not something that comes naturally. I don't just naturally wake up and want to pray for an extended period of time. I want to get busy and do things instead of recognizing that I need to stop and ask God to do what I can't do. You know, Abraham Lincoln has a, a famous quote. He says, if I had eight hours to cut down a tree, I would spend six sharpening my axe. 
And I think a lot of times when it comes to spiritual things, we think we have eight hours to build and establish a church plant. I'm going to spend all eight out there working hard. And I believe that God honors stewardship and faithfulness. But I think there's also something to be said for recognizing that we cannot produce spiritual change. We cannot produce spiritual growth. Jesus grows the church. We don't. And yes, he honors our faithfulness. But I think he also honors when we humbly recognize that we can't do it without him. And we spend an extended amount of time praying and asking for God to move. And that's what I want to invite you to do uh, right now. I want to encourage you each week on Thursdays. If you just take a Thursday evening, sometime on Thursdays, you can gather together with other people in the church. You can do it on your own. Set a reminder on your, on your clock or on your phone or on your watch, however you like to be reminded. Put it on your calendar and say, hey, every day at Thursday, I'm going to stop and we're going to pray for 5, 10, 15 minutes for Horizon Community Church. We're going to pray for the leaders that Alex will have wisdom and that he'll make good decisions and that uh, he won't make foolish decisions and that he'll guide the church well and that God's hand will be upon him and uh, give him the words and the direction that we should go, that that God's hand will be on the worship band as they lead, that their hearts will be so overwhelmed by God that other people's hearts will be turned towards God when they see the overwhelming passion that they have for who God is that you'll pray for a location for us to meet as we're going to talk about here when it comes to the future of Horizon. That you'll pray for new people to come and know Jesus. Uh, we've been so excited this year to see one person put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ to go from questioning whether or not there even is a God to a place where they say, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want Jesus to control my life, to decide what I do and what I say and where I go and what I think. And we're excited about that, but we want to see even more people's lives transformed by the power of the gospel, this good news that Jesus Christ isn't looking to punish you or beat you over the head, but he offers free salvation to all who believe. So pray for more people uh, to become believers, more people to take that step of public confession and be baptized. Pray that God will grow our church at the rate that he wants. So that brings us to Horizon Community Church Future. And so now the one you've all been waiting for, Horizon Community Church Future, right? You know about the past. You've probably heard me talk about it before. You know about the present because you're probably experiencing it now. But the one we always wonder about is the future. Where are we going? What's happening next? One of the things that I said early on in the church plan, and I can go back into my journal uh, when I was only up here a few months, and, and I wrote this down. And what I said was, Lord Jesus, don't let this church plant be too easy or too fast, too easy, uh, grow too quickly, too easily, lest I take the credit for what only you are doing. And I think that part of the reason that things sometimes feel slow is because God is reminding us that he's in control and that we're not. If things were too easy, our human tendency is to think that we built the church instead of he built the church. I love what someone shared with me a few months ago. They said that the, the devil, Satan, he doesn't mind how many new churches we start as long as they are lukewarm, self-centered, selfish, Christian cultural churches like we have already. And what the I don't want to build is another church that simply 
uh, is like a shop that serves the needs of its consumers who come in each week and does nothing to change the culture and the climate of our community that is lost and desperately needs to know Jesus Christ. I want to create a church that has genuine community where people love each other and they share the gospel, not because they've somehow been guilted into it that this is what I have to do or they're going to yell at me, but because they're so overwhelmed with the beautiful, magnificent story of Jesus Christ that they can't wait to tell other people about who he is and how merciful he has been to them. And so, first of all, don't lose heart if you look to the future and you think, Wow, we still have so far to go. We have so few people. We have so few resources. We have nowhere where we can meet every week. Just remember that every moment before a miracle always looks so dark that there seems to be no hope. No hope except God. God loves to come into situations where we could never take care of it without him. He always wants to give us a task that's too great for us so that we turn to someone who's greater than us. We turn to him. God loves moving his people. Remember when he took the nation of Israel out of Egypt and he built their faith and he actually brought them out, but then he brought them to the Red Sea and they were trapped between the sea and between an army and they thought, we are done for. And Moses said, Lord, what have you done? You've, you've trapped us in. We're between a rock and a hard place. We're between an ocean and a sharp place. And God says, that's the place I like to bring my people because then I show them how powerful I am. Then I show them how good I am. Then I show them my glory and they are never the same. But I believe that Horizon Community Church is poised on the precipice of a decision between jumping and uh, dying. You know, there's an army and there's an ocean. And I think that's exactly where God wants us to be. Not to overwhelm us, not so that we give up, not so that we despair, so that we hope in him. There's no point in him building a church if he hasn't produced change in us. If he, he's not interested in having church services. He's interested in having people, hearts and minds of people. And how does he do that? He brings us into situations where we desperately need him and we either learn to turn to him or we don't. And I think that as we look to the future of Horizon, we're in a place where we need to learn to turn to God. And I talked a few minutes ago about how we need to pray. I love this verse in Zechariah 4, 6. Uh, the book of Zechariah has uh, just really impacted me as I've been church planting and really studying through it. And I love some of these passages, but this is one of my favorite. And this is what it says. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was rebuilding the temple in the ruined Jerusalem. And it was an overwhelming task. And there were enemies all around and there was infighting within. And he didn't have enough money or resources or supplies. It was an overwhelming task to build this temple, but he wanted to do it for God's glory. And here's what the word of the Lord to him was not by your might nor by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, will this be done. And I think as we look to the future of Horizon Community Church, this is God's message for us. Not by our might, not by our money, not by our training, not by our intelligence, not by our strength, not by our connections, not by our knowledge, but by his spirit will this be done. God doesn't need us. 
he doesn't need us to accomplish his purposes. Uh, I just want to re-emphasize that. But he asks us, he invites us to be a part of what he's doing. You know, we're like zero. If you add infinity plus zero, the, the equation still equals infinity, right? We add nothing to the equation, but he likes us to be a part. He likes us to be a part of what he's doing. More than anything, God wants to change who you are into who he is. He wants to make you more and more like Jesus Christ. He's doing that as he uses me as a leader in the church plan, and he's doing that in you as he uses you as a member of the church plan. So you say, okay, Alex, that's all well and good that you've laid this spiritual foundation, but where are we going? What's happening next? Well, the next window to start a weekly service is really around the Easter season. And so that means we have a few months here to really polish up how we do our once a month services and find a place where we can meet weekly. One of the things you've known uh, and I've shared pretty, uh, pretty openly is the difficulty in finding space on a Sunday morning. What we're going to do is consider alternate times such as Sunday evenings uh, to meet at so that we can reach out to some of the churches that we're friendly with in the community again and see if they'd be open to letting us use their space on a Sunday evening. This may mean that we have to make some transitions. And for some of us, this may mean that you can no longer attend our services, but we need to make that move to a weekly service to get into that routine. And we're going to, if necessary, uh, look for those opportunities where we might have to alter our schedule some or think outside of the box. We're gonna try to keep it on a Sunday, uh, but we'll just see how God leads and how he opens up doors. We've been so thankful for the opportunity to meet at the Ardmore Music Hall, and we're continuing to meet there uh, in January and February, and then hopefully around March, we'll be able to start meeting in whatever new space we find uh, on a weekly basis, then starting around Easter. Now, if we suddenly grow quicker and uh, we're running 50 people, we can start a weekly service earlier. But if nothing changes, we'll plan to begin a weekly service around Easter uh, potentially at an alternate time um, or an alternate day even as we find opportunities or spaces that are available to us. In 2018, we're also planning on starting a new small group in January uh, for young adults and young singles, uh, for young couples. And so we're excited about that. We're going to continue to expand our discipleship approach. Jesus never told us to uh, start churches. He told us to make disciples. Disciples are what make up churches. And so our focus is on making disciples, helping to equip people to share the gospel with other people, to understand who Jesus is themselves so they can have a relationship with Jesus. And so I look to the future of Horizon, and yes, I see us poised in a place where we need a miracle. Um, you know, everybody wants to see a miracle, but no one ever wants to be in a position where they need a miracle. Uh, but I believe that we're in a position where God is poised to act on our behalf for his glory and for our good to make us more like Jesus Christ. So I look to the horizon and I see hope. I'm excited about what's going to happen in 2018 as we work and move towards a weekly service. So what do we do as we come to the end of this and we've looked at the past and we've looked at the present and we look towards the future and what's going to happen next? Uh, what should we be doing? 
Uh, I think one of the things that we should be doing is praying, as I've talked about before. Set aside time to pray and maybe even fast, go without a meal, uh, to focus on praying that God's hand would be on our church, that he would bring the right people, that we, we would see new people become believers and be saved. Uh, another thing is to give. If you believe in the vision of Horizon Community Church, we're so thankful for the generous gifts that have been given, and we're thankful for how that allows us to continue to do what we're doing and serve the community and also impact people around the world as we give to mission or missions organizations, uh, but continue to give. Unfortunately, it's very expensive where we are, and uh, Darby and I choose to give sacrificially to help support that vision. We appreciate those of you who already do that, and if you don't, we encourage you to do that. Uh, speaking of money, one of the transitions that we're looking at is in June of next year uh, is when we'll, some of the, the SEND network and some of the churches that support us uh, begin to back off some of their funding uh, for my salary. So right now, the church horizon pays me nothing. All that comes from the SEND network and from other supporting churches. Uh, and so one of the things we'll look at is where the church is financially in June of next year of 2018. And uh, we'll see if it's in a position where it can begin to pay me a stipend or a part-time salary. Uh, if not, I'll get part-time work in the community and I'll work part-time at Horizon. So exciting changes, healthy growth steps for the church coming up ahead. But I just want to encourage us to pray, to set aside time to pray and ask that God moves. Because every great movement of God is preceded by a great effort of prayer from his people. And I believe that if we want to see Horizon Community Church grow and develop and flourish and be a church that shares the gospel and impacts this community for generations to come, we must be a people of passionate prayer. Uh, this is not something that's going to happen because we have a charismatic personality or because we have tons of resources. This will only happen because the Spirit of God has made it happen that he's worked in the hearts and minds of people, in the hearts and minds of us, and that he's produced this church. I don't want to produce a church that merely uh, mirrors a corporate model or structure and was successful because we followed the ways of the world. I want to be successful because God did something that we could never have done without him. Will you join me in praying that? Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for uh, just this call upon my life that you've put into my heart, this vision for Horizon Community Church. And I'm so grateful I've been able to share it. And Lord, I'm grateful for the people who come out on Sundays, who come out to our small groups, who come out to our discipleship groups, uh, who have seen this vision that you've given me and, and they want to be a part of it. God, we're so grateful for how you've worked in hearts and minds and lives, how we've seen people grow and begin to understand your word and share the gospel with other people and be excited about building relationships with people to create bridges to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. God, I'm excited about where we are and where we're going. I'm thankful for how far we've come, but Lord, we still have a long ways to go. And Lord, I don't know what to do next unless you tell me. So Lord, I ask that you give me supernatural direction and guidance. Lord, I pray that you will give our people hope and passion. Lord, I pray they're so excited about what you're doing uh, that they're excited to tell other people. And Lord, I pray that our, our Sunday services will not just be a social gathering where we get together and sit around and hear some music and hear some speaking, but Lord, I pray that your holy presence will descend upon 
our services in such a powerful, supernatural way uh, that people will long to be a part of it, that they'll say, I know nothing else. I don't know what these people believe or who they are, but I know that God is with them, and so I want to be a part of what's going on. And God, I pray that your presence will meet with us in such a powerful way uh, that we'll be excited to go out and talk about Jesus, the God who is alive, the man who was dead and came back to life, who took the sins of the world upon himself so that we might know you. Jesus, I pray for our worship band, that you will bless them, that you will help them be so overwhelmed with who you are and how good you are, that when they lead in worship, Lord, that people will long to know God like they do. Lord, I pray for those who lead our small groups, that you will bless them as they open God's word and as they share about who you are. Give people understanding about who you are. Lord Jesus, we ask that new people will become followers of Jesus and that our lives will uh, continually look more like how you lived and loved. I pray these things in your name because I believe this is what you want. And Lord, I pray that you will grow Horizon Community Church, that you will establish it in this community for generations, that it'll be such a testimony of your kingdom and of your love and your light. Uh, and Lord, we ask that you not do this for us. Let our names be forgotten, but let your name be high and lifted up and remembered forever. Amen.